welcome to Wildfire Tribe Podcast. My name is Sean. It's lovely to have you with us. And my name is Kylie, and it is absolutely beautiful to have you with us today. So today, if you're listening live or as soon as this podcast comes out, is actually the last Friday before Christmas. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, what a, the year is gone. Merry Christmas to you and thank you so much for listening to us today. If you're listening at another time uh, after it comes out, well, Merry Christmas to you anyway. You know why it's possible to say Merry Christmas any day in the year, Kylie? Because every day is a celebration with Jesus. That's right. Every day is a celebration with him. And I don't know that he was actually born on the 25th of December anyway, Kylie. No, there's speculation that he, he was born somewhere between May and August, actually. And does it matter ultimately which day it is that he was born on? No, I don't think so. And I think the calendar has changed since those times anyway. So the times are, you know, God is, he's outside of space and time. So we just celebrate you, God. We celebrate you, Jesus, every moment of every day. So Merry Christmas to you whenever it is that you are listening to this podcast anyway. Yeah, and that is our topic for today, actually. It is Jesus. Like, why did he even come to earth? Why was he born? What, what is it all about? Do you have a theology degree, Kylie? I know I do not. Oh, so we're going to be talking about the reasons as to why you think it is that Jesus, who you think is the Son of God, came to earth. And then you're going to be telling us why it is that you think that he did the things that he did, including dying, I suppose. Uh, Not necessarily. We'll just see where the conversation goes. But I think it's a great place to start because... This is a uh, real conversations about all of those wild and wonderful things to do with God in this space of the spiritual and mystical and wonderful... The magical mysteries of God. The magical mysteries, exactly. Because all of the conversations that we have about God, if we just say to ourselves, say to each other that we actually don't know all that there is to know about God then there is probably more mysteries than not. Exactly. I mean, just to start with, like, have we ever wondered why he didn't show up triumphantly with angels declaring his glory and his majesty for all the world to see, but instead he showed up in a small, insignificant town as an infant child born to a woman who had never been with a man, and everything about this birth seemed like the opposite to like this hark the herald angels sing kylie yeah glory to the newborn king don't you know all the christmas carols haven't you like gone through them all and listened to them and structured out and decided whether or not they fit within your theology oh come all ye faithful joyful and triumphant how important is it to us as christian people do you identify as christian kylie or should we not even talk about that yeah, well, it is an interesting topic as well. Like, I think, my, I just think my understanding and my theology on everything to do with God and spiritual matters and the universe and all of those things is just constantly being expanded in a way that often I'm just like, well, I don't know where I sit with that anymore. Well, welcome to the podcast. If it's your first time ever, we are recording outside, which we usually do. We're by the banks of the river, 
the Clarence River in northern New South Wales in Australia. And thank you for listening, whether you're in Australia or in one of the nearly 30 or around 30 other countries in the world that listen to us. Thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you so much for sharing us with your friends. Thank you for sharing you with us. Yeah, absolutely. We've got seagulls on the rail not far from us right now, so hopefully you get to hear them in the background. You get to hear a little bit of the wind noise. It's actually quite an overcast day. It's like the middle of the day in summer in Australia, so typically it could actually be somewhere up near 40 degrees Celsius, but today it's probably only mid-20s or something like that. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like it's just, I feel like my body's just going, ah, like it's, there's so much relief in temperature when it's in the 20s. Like it's just so nice. Well, hopefully you don't end up in hell, Kylie, if you don't even know if you're a Christian or not, because (laughs) hell's a pretty warm place to be. (laughs) And that, that brings us back to that conversation about why Jesus came. Like what, what was it that, that he needed to come to earth to do? And, you know, there are quite a lot of Christians that would say, well, he came to save us from hell, of course, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I'm sure that lots of people say that, that, um, that the whole reason for Jesus to come to earth was exactly that. But not only did he come to save us from going to hell, that as Christian believers, a lot of Christians would say that just because he did that doesn't mean that you qualify either. No, that's right. Because not only do you need to believe that, but then you need to say a series of sentences strung together that the church has told you to say that are what the church calls the sinner's prayer. And then you're saved. Which I'm pretty sure is not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. And then you're saved. And then that's okay. You're saved. Like if you get struck by lightning and die right there and then, and you haven't had enough time to sin and get things wrong, then there's a pretty fair chance that you're going to go to heaven. But what does that even mean, saved? Like, what what am I saved from? Why, why are you saying that? Well, it's Christian conversations, Kylie, isn't it? Like, isn't this the language that we use in church circles? That um, I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. You know, I once was so lost, but now I'm saved that I'm going to heaven so long as, so long as, so long as. <laughs> It's interesting. It's interesting because, yeah, we were listening to a couple of guys talking a a little bit on this subject in the last couple of days. Uh, Two of our favourite people to follow, Luke Agee and a young bloke called Logan Barone. So Luke Agee from the US and Logan as well as from the US. So Luke is L-U-K-E-A-G-E-E. Luke loves the conversation about immortality amongst other things, but he just loves all things God, all things Jesus. He's definitely, uh, well, I was going to say definitely. He's probably what some people would put in the mystical space, that area of um, discussive Christianity, you know, that area of expansiveness, that area outside of the normal structured church conversation. And he was speaking to a young man, a 24-year-old, I think he said he was, Logan, L-O-G-A-N, Barone. You can search for either of those guys on Facebook or any of those other places. And these are some of the people that we listen to, that we interact with just to expand our thinking around the mysteries of God as well. And they were talking about 
what's that word sin that they were talking about? Ah, uh, yeah. That street evangelists love to have. Um, yeah. Original sin? Original sin, yeah. And they were talking about, actually, that was one of the parts I loved that Logan was pulling apart. And actually, if you just Google it as well, the definition of sin, the original Hebrew and its Greek equivalent actually mean missing the mark or missing off the mark. the mark. So missing the mark as in Lord, Lord God in heaven, Jesus on the cross crying out, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Was he saying forgive them because they seem to be swearing a lot or they seem to be doing things wrong that I don't consider to be very holy? Or was it something different, way, 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 way different to right back to the point of forgive them, Father, because they know not who they are? Yeah, exactly. Because if they know who they are, if they knew who their identity was in you, in me, they couldn't be doing this. Exactly. And I mean, you know, if you've listened to any of our podcasts so far, you would see a theme that runs through a lot of what we talk about in our lost identity. What theme, Kylie? We've got no theme except for we don't know what we're doing and what we're saying. (laughs) But we do have like that that, um, undercurrent of knowing who we are in Christ, like knowing that we're sons, that he was like this... I know he was much more than this, but he was a template for us to know who we are in him. We are, Like he said, all those things that he is, is also for us. You know, all those things he does, we can also do. All of these things, he is like God in flesh and he... he And that was really part of why he came was to show us and remind us who we are. What I love about Christianity and faith discussion, Kylie, is this it's just never ending. We're so confused. We're so mixed up. We have no idea what we're talking about most of the time. I've got dudes that drag crosses around, like with a wheel on the end, right around Australia because they believe that they've been called to live like Jesus. So drag their cross around. I bet you there's people cruising around the world gnashing their teeth. And I mean, you know, there were so there's so many pieces of, and the Bible is no different. There's so many pieces of the Bible that you can pull out and press right into the middle of your circumstances to justify how you feel and the actions you want to do and the things that you believe. Like there is so much in the mystery that we can actually, God is big enough to be whatever we think he is for us and whatever we want him to be. That's pretty weird. Ah, so that comes back to identity. I'm, I'm assuming you could take the conversation back there because if you believe that God is the God of wrath and punishment, and even the word wrath, W-R-A-T-H, look it up and, and like pull it apart and have a look at its actual meaning. If you think that that means that he's angry all the time and he's angry at you because you're always doing things wrong, then the way that you live your life is going to be in a way that expresses to the world that you're really worried about that, that you're, all your actions come out of a place of fear, of being punished by a, I don't know, I guess he's still a loving father somehow all of the time. So when you say that it's like God can be whoever you want him to be, isn't there not enough parts of him and not enough parts of his perceived personality that we can choose to be like 
the sons and daughters of a God that just loves us completely no matter what we do, no matter how it is that we choose to look at it being right or wrong, that he's a God that when you ask for a motorbike, he gives you one, you know, like, see how I slipped motorbike in there? <laughs> that when you ask him for a motorbike, that he doesn't give you a push bike, you know, or a skateboard and say, okay, well... I know that you want a motorbike, but <laughs> this thing's got wheels. It travels. Take that. I love what it. kind of guide is he to you? What kind of guide is he to me? Why would you believe that God sent Jesus to earth to be, to actually, I think of the, the um, time of his death, strangely enough, probably more than any other part of his life, which is odd as I'm just saying it, considering it's also Christmas time. Um, it's, so it's the time of his birth, not of his death. But why would God send his only son to live and to die that, that way as well? Um, I think that it's worthy of discussion because if we're not really sure about what that means to us, then maybe we're living a life outside of that identity of what we believe that to mean too. Well, there is very there is something very significant and special about God embodying humanity. Why do we have bodies? Why is it important for our soul, our spirit, to be housed in a body, to be housed in this this meat and bones and blood type meat sack that we get to cruise around in life? Why is it important for God to have done that? Why didn't He just allow us to be spirit beings? Yeah, absolutely. Like our completeness in Christ is not a remote goal, but it is our immediate reference. Like it's this it's this place within which we reside. The mirror translation it says your completeness is Christ in Christ is not a remote remote goal, but your immediate reference. My labor now exceeds any zeal that I previously knew under the duty-driven law of willpower, I am laboring beyond the point of exhaustion and striving with intense resolve with all the energy that he mightily inspires within me. So like this place of, of knowing our completeness that it's it, like in that discussion with Luke and Logan um, yesterday about missing the mark and the mark being love, it's like God... He wanted us to understand who we are and we just weren't getting it. We weren't getting the essence of his nature. It's like the embodiment of bringing himself into our physicality and reminding us of what is within us, like that he is within us, that we are love just as he is love, like that we are light just as he is light that we are the essence of the nature of him and it's it's like we can still look at so many of the aspects of Jesus life it was quite a mystery even in the way that he shared parables he told stories there was always like this this deeper aspect if you wanted to find it and I think that's the beauty of it I don't know that everybody can see it I don't know that everybody wants to see it yeah, but is it possible as well that scripture is so multi-layered and so textured that, and I actually don't know that I'm even asking a question, I'm suggesting that this is how it is, that scripture is so so textured that it can mean something to you today and something different in three years or five years, 
and that it's not even just likely that it has two meanings but more. Exactly. So can you ever really have your mind completely made up as to what it is that you believe in every scripture, every verse? Are we just going to chuck Bible verses at each other for time eternity, just trying to wound each other with words, trying to get our point across, trying to be, I don't know, the best version of Jesus that we can be on earth? Are we just going to relax a bit and exactly just embrace the mystery? Exactly. Like in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, it says, Within us God is delighted to exhibit the priceless treasure of this glorious unveiling of Christ's indwelling in order that every person on the planet, whoever they are, may now come to the greatest discovery of all time and recognize Christ in them as in a mirror. He is the desire of the nations and completes their every expectation. He's not hiding in history or in outer space or nor is he in the future neither in the pages of the scripture he's merely mirrored there to be unveiled within you this is huge what god is now able to disclose in the saints is immediately equally relevant in the nations god in the nations is the hope of glory Uh, but he's not in everyone kylie have a look at the people on the street it says this is the mystery of the ages this is what we've been waiting for like Everybody, everybody can have that knowing of like the ultimate truth. Jesus didn't come to fix anything. He actually came because there was a misunderstanding about who we are. So in Colossians 3 verse 11, it said, Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. So does all mean all, or does all just mean I think all just all? means people that dress well <laughs> and go to church on Sundays <laughs> and don't swear in that hour and a half. And have said the sinner's prayer. You've got to have said that, though. You probably better just say that every day when you wake up, Kylie, just to be sure. Actually, maybe the most holy that you can be is if you just say the sinner's prayer constantly like writing out (laughs) notes like Bart Simpson when he does bad things writing out notes on the chalkboard maybe if you just need to be a really holy and righteous person to get to go to heaven that you just need to say the sinner's prayer like just over and over in a loop forever your entire existence (laughs) and then then you should be right (laughs) it's pretty funny It just is crazy. It really is crazy. I like this. Eckhart Tolle, he's talking about Jesus. And he said, I believe that Jesus realized his oneness with God. And he showed, or what he tempted to do was show the way to all of us, how to realize our own oneness with God. So he is the precursor for the way that we live our lives. Like he is the one who has said, okay, I know it's been so hard for you all to comprehend that you can live this crazy life with God. So now I'm here to show you what, you know, who you are. But hang on a second. I wasn't born in the Middle East, Kylie. Do we have to go there? We have to go there, get baptized by a guy called John the Baptist who eats locusts and honey. Like, do we have to do all of the things that he did? Well, I think that's the revelation of him in us is that there is 
we live outside of space and time. Like we walk the the earth, but we're not held in a place of and like we we are all of those things are within us, and we are within all of those things. We are in all of those places, and those places are in us. I love it how Jesus was. We were talking earlier on the way here to doing the podcast about anxiety, stress, all of those sorts of things, about being concerned about the future, about what you can afford to buy people for Christmas or not, you know, the price of fuel, the price of bread, all of those sorts of discussions that people like to have. Jesus didn't seem to have any of that going on, Kylie. He was just like, oh, yeah, there's a big storm. We're on a boat. Everybody's worried about dying, but we don't have to worry. You know, like he just, he seemed to have it under control, didn't he? Like there's thousands of people here that are hungry. What are we going to do? Oh, there's a little bit of fish and there's a little bit of bread. You don't have to stress. I think that if we're going to try and model our existence on him and be okay with the fact that we're not actually walking around in a toga and sandals in the Middle East, then maybe we can at least like just extrapolate some of those characteristics of him and try and apply those to ourselves. Do we have to try and apply them or do we just allow them to happen? I think we have to just be because they we just are. just have to be. They are So we don't us. have to try anything. Well, we don't he, have to one, do anything. One of Jesus' names was the Prince of Peace. Like he, he is the Prince of Peace. So therefore we too have the ability to be within that peace too. Anything that we feel like we have to do to be more in approval of God is telling God that what Jesus did was not enough. Exactly, but it is enough. I'll take that free gift that you gave me, God, by sending your son to die for us, to therefore give us no separation whatsoever. I'll take that. But you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to continue to feel like I'm unworthy of that, and I'm going to work myself back in to your love even though you've already told me that you love me completely no matter what exactly and i think that's the crazy part isn't it it's it's like everything it we're in this constant place of undoing everything that's already done it's too good a gift though kylie that's that's the part of it though isn't it like it's just when you sit and you contemplate how amazing it is that you actually do not have to do anything at all to be in the love of God or to increase that in any way. It just seems like it's too hard to believe. Yeah, yeah, it does. It feels like we need to do something. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because I think that there's that part of us that just wants to do things because that's where our value comes. So that's a part of where evangelism comes into it, isn't it? You know, like when we get out on the street and we want to get Jesus into every conversation, we want to tell people the revelation that we have about who he is and what he's done in our lives. And quite often in church circles, you find that discussion where Jesus has transformed people's lives. You know, it's always interesting to hear people being changed from a drug addict into a person that now runs a church that has a family a healthy family and has job and goes overseas and and rescues children from disastrous situations jesus seems to have this ability to transform people's lives into a better version of what it used to be 
I don't know that that can be something that we can say is debatable because we've seen it. Exactly. And I think it's that revelation of our when we come into... It's my story. That's I right. I hope that it's my story. It is your story. And I think that the essence of your story too is that you had this revelation of who you are. You could see this person that God saw. You know, it was like you had... It, and and you could see the person that other people could see as well. And sometimes we can't see that person because we're we're in the midst of our own pain and we don't want to admit that there could be anything righteous about us, there could be anything good about us, there could be that we could possibly be something amazing. So my salvation moment, Kylie, the moment that I prayed the sinner's prayer the moment of remembering who I've always been. When I say when I prayed the sinner's prayer, etc., that's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, Kylie, because as you know, that happened to me riding a three-wheel motorbike with you on the back and our two boys in the middle of Central Australia with a helmet on. So it wasn't exactly a formal gathering in a church where I got to meet God for the first time. It was a time where he revealed himself to me. He reminded himself of his existence in me. That was already the case anyway, at a time when it was a one-on-one encounter. So that's when God spoke to me in my body, in my being. That's where I came to the realization of my need for him, even though I still felt at the time that it was optional. And I think that it was optional. I think for me, I just said a big yes. And I've just, it's not that I've had to say yes every day ever since, but I just do. I just, he's transformed my life. I only recently, probably a few months ago, actually saw a part of Jesus for the very first time in my life. So today's topic is Jesus. I met God. God introduced himself to me. I've only recently actually seen a part of Jesus in a time of meditation and actually saw what I can only describe as a physical shoulder of his and hugging him in the sun and feeling the the warmth of his shoulder. So that's um, been 12 years for me since I have been what Christian people called saved and I have seen Jesus that way myself personally for the first time since then yeah that's pretty wild have you seen Jesus Kylie yeah I have do you want to tell us Uh, I've seen him in a number of times one of the most significant times I think was when we had our time in Alice Springs and I had just had quite a um, overwhelming experience uh, speaking to a young man in the street and where I got to experience the love flow of God's love for him and I remember just moving from that space and and riding along the river bank that and if anybody if you've ever been to Alice Springs which is right in the center of Australia it has a big river that goes through it but it pretty much doesn't have any water in it or all of the year unless it unless they have heavy rain and 
I was riding along this sandy riverbank and I found myself in this area which is a place where they call the Gap and it's the just this gap between the east and the west ranges that run all the way to the east and the west of the city and it's just this tiny little place where the road and the river come through and there's been there had been a lot of talk in our time there about people saying oh this thing is in the gap that this thing is in the gap there's all these evil things in the gap and different and I was having this amazing conversation with God as I was riding through there and I just had this moment where I stopped when I got to that part of the river and I was just looking toward the gap and he's all of a sudden I could see Jesus and he said to me I stand in the gap and I saw him as this just as like a man just standing in the gap but really he was quite big and it was a very moving experience for me and and at that same time I remember turning around and there in front of me there was the cloud of witnesses who were saying they also stand with me like we're all standing together in this place we're all standing together and yeah it was very moving and I've also seen him in more of like a a mirage looking like a, a real sense of his presence and can see this mirage like this movement of and like Sean was saying one of the very first times that I had a visible encounter with him I just could see his arm just only his arm that I would just see over and over again as I was like trying to see with my visible eyes his presence and trying to come into the heavenly realms and see I would so desperately wanted to see in like a deeper space more than like in that place of my imagination and and I remember in that moment that I was I I saw his arm and I would just hold on to his arm and that's the only part of him that I could just see for like ages and ages. So as we've been talking about Jesus today, the topic today being Jesus, the topic of our every day, our every moment, we're also speaking about Logan Barone before, and he wrote, our ability to sin does not make us sinners. Sin may confine us, but it does not have the power to define us. So if it is not sin that defines, then what does? Who are we really? So that's some really good uh, questions around who it is that you believe you are and why. Because if you believe what Jesus did to be true, that he died so that you could just be set free from having to be concerned about whether you sin or not, being a part of it, then maybe we need to actually figure out why it is that we believe that he did live and die. And Kylie, didn't we die with him? get buried with him and get risen again with him? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it says here in Colossians again, he rescued us from the dominion of darkness, which is a the sense-ruled world dominated by the law of performance. That's an interesting definition to the dominion of darkness. The sense-ruled world that is dominated by the law of performance. And he relocated us into the kingdom where the love of his son rules. 
in God's mind, mankind is associated in Christ. In his blood sacrifice, we were ransomed. Our redemption was secured and our sins are done away with. And the sins coming back to that place of our lost identity is done away with in Christ. Like our, our ability to, you know, our forgetting who we are is done away with. Like we have the ability to come into the remembrance of who we've always been from before the beginning of time. It goes on in verse 15 to say, In him, the image and likeness of God is made visible in human form in order that everyone may recognize their true origin in him. For he is the firstborn of every creature. What darkness veiled from us, he unveiled. And in him, we clearly see the mirror reflection of our original life. The son of his love gives accurate evidence of his image in human form. The incarnation means that God can never again be invisible because he's actually visible in us and us coming into the fullness of who we are as his sons and daughters, as love, as light, as remembering or coming back together in the fullness of who we've always been. It's pretty crazy. Like it's pretty crazy that that's all just written in the scripture too. And how are we not seeing that? Is it just because we're we're just reading the scripture through the little pieces that we're given on little plates when we go to church on Sunday? Or are we not diving deep into the mysteries of who we are, finding ourselves woven into the wonderful tapestry of humanity and seeing the beauty in one another, just like he sees in us? I feel like part of that that journey of just you know remembering who we are has been part of the our journey of being you know moving from here to there and which is sometimes can be confusing because in the middle of it all it's like well who are we what are we doing what are we building what are we gaining in just hearing the voice of God and and going in another direction and then I read um, this quote by uh, Jordan Peterson. And I thought this was really, really cool. Researchers have recently discovered that new genes in the central nervous system turn themselves on when an organism is placed or places itself in a new situation. These genes code for new proteins. These proteins are the building blocks for new structures in the brain. And this means that a lot of you is still nascent in the most physical of senses and will not be called forth by stasis. You have to say something or go somewhere or do things to get turned on and if not you remain incomplete and life is too hard for anyone that is incomplete isn't that interesting uh, I sort of tuned out to what it was that you were saying, Kylie. You did a lot of talking there again. and I was listening to the seagull and I was sort of just spacing out a bit on just the goodness of God. Like I, I just, you know, I was looking through Bible verses and I was just getting lost in that place of sometimes I just think that all of the talk, even all of the talk that we do and we kind of do it 
uh, almost professionally, you know, we, we do a lot of talking, <laughs> yeah. we do a lot of Facebook lives and podcasting and things like that. And sometimes yeah. I just enjoy not talking. I just enjoy his presence, which is at all times, you know, it's not like he's not present when we're talking either, but sometimes just his presence is in the not talking, you know, in the quiet, in mm-hmm. the space and out, in the tripping out of yeah. just the mystery of him, just the processing, sitting by the river, staring at the sky, yeah. just enjoying the mystery that is him. So I think, you know, that's where I was just then when you were talking, when you sometimes ask me questions. And, and it's funny because I've met people who listen to our podcast recently who think that it's funny that I say to you, I don't know what you were saying, or there was too many words, or, or those sorts of things, and, and I appreciate that it is funny, and sometimes it's done just to try and stir you, sometimes it's done to just try and be funny, but sometimes, like, just then, it's also done just out of that place of constant union with him, recognising my constant union, not, not actually, I know, and I know that you know, And I know that people listening to our podcast know that it's not possible to not live in constant union with God. But sometimes it just feels to me like he's more present than ever, Mm. even though he never leaves us at all anyway. So that's where I was just then in that state of dumbfoundness that you know understanding a slice of the mystery you know the the, all the information in all the clouds in all the world that are stored up from all of our use of the internet across time that I would just be able to see that from the outside and know that I only have one of those sentences that belong in that cloud that actually only understand the tiniest little mystery is not concerning for me at all. It doesn't make me anxious. It doesn't make me not want to learn more about him or get closer to him. It does the opposite. It's like this mystery that we're allowed to dive into, that we're allowed to consume, that we're allowed to believe there's more of, and it's never-ending. His mystery, the more of him, you will never be able to get all of him, even though... He's in us and we're in him and he flows out of us like rivers of living water. Heaven is in us. Heaven is outside of us. It's all so confusing. It's all so amazing that sometimes I just get lost and sometimes I just don't even want to talk. Yeah, exactly. I love it. It's so good. Yeah, it's that place of bliss that is only one moment away. We're only one moment away from being in the overflow of it because quite often that it's like this little switch that it's not that you're not in. It's just that that, you, that our mind is focused on things that need doing or stuff that's happening or we're concentrating. Like you say, sometimes it takes energy to concentrate on what I'm saying so that you can be involved in the conversation when really you just want to like go into this bliss land of wonder because we're by the river and it's just so amazing like God's just everywhere in nature and just speaking to us in the wind and so when my life is just cruising as well as it can be I get to ride a motorbike every day that is like the place where I want to be I want to be riding a motorbike every day different bikes in different locations I just love it for so many reasons And it's like there's also a practicing, there's a skill set that can be increased. There's an ability to learn more on a motorbike every time you ride it to get better and better at it. And I also know that for me, I don't know if it's the same for everybody else, but for me, 
the best that I ride is when I'm not thinking about it, when I'm not actually trying to figure out how to go around the next corner, where the placement is best for me to be as I approach, as I cut through the corner and leave and the braking pressure and, you know, which part of my body needs to point which direction. If I just relax and let all of that go, even though that's a part of riding a bike, it's the most enjoyable and actually the best that I ride is when I let it all go. So I find that it's similar in my walk with God. You know, sometimes when I stop trying to figure everything out, when I stop trying to have a an answer to something that maybe the answer is that it's just a mystery, when I just relax in the knowing that I'm getting to do life in God and with Him, then Everything just cruises as it should. I'm not anxious for anything. I'm just living in the knowledge that I'm exactly where I need to be right now. Just like when I'm on a motorbike, not being concerned about how to ride it. I'm exactly riding it the best way possible. Mm, I love it. Yeah, just going with the flow. It's beautiful. I was looking at a a few verses talking about Jesus from the Gospel of Thomas. That's right. We're talking about Jesus. Sorry, to be talking about motorbikes all of the time, Kylie, when we're talking about a very, very serious subject. I love it that you're talking about motorbikes because that's your place of connection with Jesus too, even though you're never disconnected from Jesus. Like, now, in the Bible, Kylie, there's a, a section there, I think in Ephesians, that speaks about the full armour of God. You know, Paul writes Ephesians oh, yeah. to the church at Ephesus. For those of you that are Christian people that read your Bibles, you, you would know all about that. And he speaks about the full armor of God, putting on the full armor of God when you go into war, etc. And lots of people that we associate with and have discussions with probably don't perceive that verse to be as angry as we're probably used to think in the past where we used to go into spiritual battle, spiritual warfare and fight against things, trying to get a good outcome. But during all of that discussion in those verses, there is the helmet of salvation. And I never realized until somebody told me a little while ago when I was explaining my salvation moment with God in my helmet that I actually got saved in my helmet. How wild is that? That's actually wild. The helmet of salvation. That is actually really, really crazy cool. I'd never even thought about that The belt of truth. I think I had a belt on. I might have actually been decked out in the full spiritual armor of God on that time when I got saved. So if you're not yet saved and you're listening to our podcast, (laughs) I suggest that you put on the full armor of God being a full outfit that's required to ride a motorbike and go for a ride. And when you come back, just believe that everything is as it should be. All is well and all shall be well. I love it. And your life shall be changed just like mine. (laughs) I love it. So back to the Gospel of Thomas. I love this. These Kylie, are, that's not in the Bible. <laughs> These are the hidden words that the living Jesus spoke. So this is from uh, verse number one. And he said, whoever finds the meaning of these words will not taste death. That's pretty, ma- that's pretty big. Whoever finds the meaning of these words. Listen to that thunder when I'm saying that. You better be careful what you're saying there, Kylie. The thunder just roared. So... Maybe God is going to 
release his wrath upon us here with his thunder and his <laughs> lightning because you just brought up the book of Thomas that's not in his word. <laughs> so Jesus says in verse 2, the one who seeks should not cease seeking until he finds. And when he finds, he will be dismayed. And when he is dismayed, he will be astonished and he will be king over the all. And then Jesus says, if those who lead you say to you, look, the kingdom is in the sky, then the birds of the sky will precede you. But if they say to you, it is in the sea, then the fishes will precede you, but rather the kingdom is inside of you and outside of you. And when you come to know yourselves, then you will be known and you will realize that you are the children of the living father. Like that's pretty powerful. So you mean to say that when the disciples said to Jesus, like, teach us how to pray because they saw that it was just such an important part of his life that when they asked him that that he said to them the lord's prayer didn't he or what we call the lord's prayer now he said our father who art in heaven and don't you think that insinuates that that he is our father our father so jesus said that to his disciples and we're like worthy enough to be considered like disciples of jesus when he told them that is he not our father as well? And is he not saying you're more than disciples? You're actually sons. That and together we are together. He is our father. So if he's our father, then we're his sons. Yeah, that's right. So if and he's our father, we're his sons. That and Jesus it. was also his son. Then Jesus is your brother. Yeah. So it's like this family that we're all in together all with the same heavenly father. So Jesus came to earth as part of the reason why he came was to walk out an existence here and to teach us and to show us mm. that he was the son of God, but also that we are his brothers and sisters with the same father. That's right. And you know what the verse is that's after all of those verses that Jesus went on to say? He says... But if you do not come to know yourselves, then you exist in poverty and you are poverty. Wow. So you better give that reference. That's a really powerful reference. So that's from the Gospel of Thomas and that was chapter four, um, that was verse number three. Oh, that's not right after the Lord's Prayer. No, that's after he says, when you come to know yourselves, then you will be known and you will realize that you are the children of the living father. But if you do not come to know yourselves, then you exist in poverty and you are poverty. So you are poverty. So it doesn't say if you don't know who you are that you go to hell and burn forever. No. Although we've got to remember too that the gospel of Thomas is not in the Bible, Kylie. We want to make sure that people that are listening to the podcast know that we know that but people only decided it was people who decided what was in the bible and what was not yes i know and that's a discussion for another day possibly or a discussion for another time or a discussion for never because it doesn't it doesn't really matter to me so much i just want to be transparent with where we bring references from to and also make people aware that just because we're using reference references from the book of thomas or the book of Enoch, or the book of Adam and Eve, that we are aware that some of these books are not in the Bible that you might have in front of you. 
Yeah, that's right. But we also use references from Jordan Peterson and from Eckhart Tolle and from authors from all over the world from right throughout time. Yeah, exactly. Like C. Baxter Kruger, who says he he planned that we would be woven into the fabric of Jesus' existence. We cannot work our way into the circle of the Trinity. And this is why Christ came, like he invaded our side, this this place of divine humanness, this divine human relationship. Like he, God became flesh and therefore in that reminded us of who we are. He, he has embodied humanity and empowered humanity in that place. And just having that song go through my mind, obviously some sort of a worship song. I can't think of who, who sings it, but it's, there's no place that I'd rather be. There's no place that I'd rather be than here in your arms. You know that one? Mm, yeah. There's no place I would rather be. Yeah, that one there, just as we've been talking, I've been falling into that place of <laughs> contentedness <laughs> and just having that go through my mind. There's no place that I would rather be than knowing that I'm in your presence all of the time, God, that there's nothing that I have to do. I love it. There's just, I was just even going to expand upon that sentence, but there's no need to even expand on that, is there? There's just nothing that I have to do. I love it. <laughs> it's like Catherine of Siena. She says, you high eternal trinity acted as if you were drunk with love, infatuated with your creature. You sweetness itself stooped to join yourself with our bitterness. You splendor joined yourself with darkness and you wisdom with foolishness. You life with death and you the infinite with us who are finite. What drove you to this? And I think it's it's even like another whole level up on top of that is that what drove him into doing that and being that is for us to understand who we are, who we already are. Everything that Jesus did brought us into the revelation of all that is possible, all that we are able to be a part of, all that can flow from within us, the things that we can do and be and hope for and imagine and create all the laws of the old testament that you can see were not possible for any one human being to actually live by and obey all of those laws are the reason why i came and showed you who you are <laughs> so that you know that you don't have to be concerned about trying to abide by those laws that you can't anyway yeah i've taken away the need for you to be concerned about those laws that are not possible for you to exist underneath exactly so please don't accept the sacrifice that i made by coming and living and dying and being resurrected and all of the things that i did in my time here to show you my love for you to show you that you're free to have a life free from the laws of sin and death to then start picking them up again and reintroducing them to yourselves as a way of coming closer to me again when you can't get closer than you already are. Exactly. Exactly. The kingdom of God is indeed within, as Paul 
says in Romans 1, he says, God is not a stranger to anyone. Whatever can be known of God is manifest in man and God has revealed it in the very core of their being, which bears witness within their own conscience. (laughs) The only distance, the only separation that there is, is in your mind. It is so true. It is so, so, so true. It exists if you want it to. If separation is something that you desire to have between you and God, then it is there. You get the power to actually have it there or not as well. Exactly. But it's merely a psychological separation. It's only something that is, we have come to a conclusion that exists. Is it a desire of your heart to have separation? Surely not. But if it is, is it there? Mm, Exactly. And, you know, really, that is what, Jesus came to give us freedom from is all of that. Well, I just had a seagull feather. I just saw it coming from behind <laughs> you from a seagull that's not far away. And it came over, it came towards you, and I thought it was going to get tangled up in all your hair and just stick there. But it went over your head, down across the front, over our camera, down across the front. It was like that that moment in, for- in Forest Gump. Gump. Yeah, where it is. A, I can still see it. It's going way, way down there. Look. So the movie Forest Gump where he's sitting there and the feather comes down. Wow. It was just like that, this feather. You know, even things like that, you know, it's just this mystery of God. That feather, that could have come from anywhere at any time. It could have gone past at any other time when we weren't here. But it happened right when we are here. I just love the mysteries of God. It's just like in in every moment, even in moments like that, with just a mere bird feather flying towards us and around us and over us, that it's just like, here I am. There goes another feather. Yay! Just as we're talking. I can hear music. It's like God's just going, here I am, here I am. Oh, I love it. I love it. that you're talking about me. I love yeah. that. That people are acknowledging my existence and are happy and enjoying the creation that I created for you, mm, that I so co-created true. with yeah, you. Come Did on. he co-create <laughs> this exact moment that we're sitting in right now yeah. with us? Were we there yeah. with him in the beginning or before the very beginning of time creating this moment with him yeah. that was going to happen right now? Exactly. And we are, we, as we move into this week of like time of family time for a lot of people or perhaps a time of loneliness because you're thinking about people that you'd like to be around that you can't be. Perhaps you can't be with your family at this time of the year and this is often a time that is has mixed emotions attached to it. And I feel like we can co-create that space. We can bring ourselves into that place of wonderment and adventure and joy and love and freedom if we want to. You know, we can actually frame up those situations that we're moving toward and knowing that we're going to be a part of. They don't have to be that horrible situation that happened last year. We can actually frame up a situation of love. We can come into these places and spaces, not with the attitude of needing to prove ourselves right or to be something that we feel like we're not. Or, you know, often it's a time of like people asking all those questions. We don't want to be asked because we don't know the answers ourselves. We don't know what we're doing next year. We don't know, you know, the how our kids are going, you know, like you get asked all of those questions. How How is your son? Like how, how did he like school or whatever it happens to be? And often 
as the people in our lives are figuring things out, we don't always have the answers that we feel like people want to hear. And sometimes we can just move into these spaces coming with an intention of joy, coming in with that co-creating a space and a day that's filled with fun and some of those things that maybe we never thought possible for that situation but they're actually can, that actually can be what can unfold if you're sitting there last year at Christmas time and your family aren't around you and you're sitting in that place of wishing that they were and and telling yourself that next year that's not going to happen this is not going to be the same yet it is yet it has happened again you still get a choice, don't you? You still get a choice as to, it's like an external circumstance. It's something that has happened, maybe beyond your control even, but you still have a choice in how it is that you view it and how it is that you choose to spend your time and your day. If that is your circumstance that you are not around the loved ones that you weren't around last year again, that you desperately wanted to have around, then the challenge for you as it is for me is to choose to see it from a different perspective to choose to find some joy in something else perhaps that has happened for the rest of your year that has happened in your day today as you woke up something that you're grateful for I know that at this time of the year particularly for people that are have do not have their family around them it's a time when most people like to get together with their families and if that's not happening for you then I just hope that you have the ability to find some comfort in some of the words that were spoken today about how it is that you get to choose focus on joy focus on peace focus on Jesus focus on the goodness of God his creation maybe just step outside if you've got an outside space a veranda a balcony somewhere to step outside and have a look at his creation and just believe that he is present in you right now, even as you're missing people that you can't have around you right now. Yeah, it's so true. Just as we're finishing, I just wanted to read this verse, Colossians 1, 26 and 27. There is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now it's being revealed, unfolded and manifested for our whole for every holy believer to experience living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory this mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people and God wants everyone to know it we love you God loves you I love God he loves me he's in me I'm in him I thank you for listening to us today I thank you for joining in all of the activities that Wildfire Tribe have got going on. Wildfiretribe.life is our website. I thank you for going there. I thank you for looking at everything that we're involved in. And I thank you for being a part of everything that we're involved in. Everything that we are scooping up out of his creation and sharing with the world is on our website, wildfiretribe.life opportunities for you to partner with what it is that we do are there we also have lots of artwork now too don't we Kylie that we have on our website available for purchase and if you're listening to this live there may not be enough time for you to purchase it and get it before Christmas but Jesus wasn't necessarily born on the 25th of December 
Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we do love you guys. And we are so grateful that you have spent some of your year with us in your earphones or in your car or in your house. And we're really grateful. And yeah, we're looking forward to all the things that are opening up for you as you continue to co-create your now, your new now, as we move into the wonder and goodness of our futures together. We look forward to talking with you again next week. We can't wait to be with you then. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Energy